I must admit, the church or churches own some amazing real estate. And this morning, we're going to talk about how they got it. And more importantly, do they ever sell it? Stay tuned. Good morning. Good morning, Billy Bob. Are, are we live? Doesn't yeah. say we're live. Yeah, it does. Doesn't mind. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Billy, the Good old morning. man, stuck in a young man's body. Um, did you watch the tennis? I did do. I did uh, two things on the weekend. I watched some tennis and I did my DY history homework. Whoa. And uh, Mr. No one Novak Djokovic was uh, was defeated by the twenty-year-old Alcaraz. What a what a game! True inspiration, I would say. A twenty-year-old winning a Wimbledon final just goes to show that um, you can do anything. Yeah, and it was uh, went to bed at eleven. Went to bed at five hours of tennis. <laughs> I won't game. say it was hard. It wasn't hard to stay up, but it was hard to get up this morning. Far out. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting um, old old. Uh, it's an interesting old game there. But um, on to bigger Big topics. <laughs> you were inspired on the weekend by the Salvos. Tell us about it. Something like that. Um, I, I was just got a, I got reading on. Um, DY's Pacific Lodge, which for those that don't know what that is, it's the um, the development that's happening if you're local on the beaches, uh, up on Fisher Road, near the fire station, near the police station. Um, that used to be the oldest home DY has, and it's been given a bit of a new leaf on life around a new development. And um, it got us onto the topic of talking about do churches and charities ever sell their properties? It's some of these assets these guys own, because, and particularly because they've owned them for so long, are just such amazing properties. They're such amazing blocks of land in incredible locations, and they're often really beautiful buildings. And I feel like they almost had no budget when they built these buildings. It was just like, you know, the community was so behind it with labour and with money, and it was such a, it held that community together so well that people just embellished it with love and money and building and everything yeah absolutely now i reckon we should start with why a church or a charity might sell their land and then we can sort of segue that into wrapping it into dy yeah so the answer is they do um uh, often they do sell the assets very rare that they sell the assets um with with the, with this, so you'll often get um, charities like the Salvos or uh, churches like the Catholic Church. Um, they will they will move move chips around the board sometimes. So sometimes geographically, the members there's a shift in members. Um, I think it was the um, uh, there was a large. I remember in rural Australia there was a 
other, they owned about 30, 40 houses and they moved to another region. They sold all 34 houses and the church um, to move. It was the, uh, not the Mormons, oh, I can't remember their names. But yeah, if there's a shifting community, these guys will sometimes sell the asset. So the answer is yes, they sell these assets. One's a shifting community. Two is often, Billy, they, um, uh, they're such old assets, they're such old structures that the cost of upkeep is just absolutely enormous. It's actually almost crippling. Um, so they end up, um, sometimes they even will sell part of the asset and, and rebuild on the other half, for example. So they'll, they'll sell half of the land off to a developer who'll give them 10 or $20 million. Then they'll spend that 10 or $20 million on the other half of the, of the block uh, or the existing building that's there. Yeah, interesting. And it's important to remember, I guess, these guys are like any other organizational business. They're very structured and um, it's, it's, it is really well thought out, right? It's a big, big community, much, much larger than just one decision yeah. maker. Absolutely. Off big boards, they've got to go to talk to the board, um, you know, get, and it can take five or 10 years to dispose of an asset sometimes if it's such a big web. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'd love to try and um, show you what we're talking about here. I'm going to see if I can flip my camera around um, the computer. So here we are. This is this is the home we're talking about this morning. And can you see that? All right, Mark. You dropped out for a sec there. Um, this is the home we're talking about this morning. Can you see that? All right. Yep. So this is this is the site up on Fisher Road. You may this is an artist impression um, photo, so you, it's obviously not quite um, what it looks like today. But this is what the the future plans may look like. And to give you a bit of context as to where this sits, your police stations down this side of the road, the fire stations beyond um, this beautiful residence here. But this is. Um, DY's Pacific Lodge and this was a property that was constructed in, constructed in 1892 it was funded um, by a lady who was extremely involved um, with the Salvation Army um, who gave the group 400 pounds which was back in the day I think almost a, a quite handsome budget to go and build a home that was um, purely uh, there for resting soldiers. It was later sort of um, it was later sort of used and turned into um, a, yeah a resting place for people that um, you know were coming off like alcohol and drug problems. Um, but Elizabeth Jenkins and her family, who once were the largest land uh, holders on the Northern Beaches. Um, yeah, put this together. Pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, and, th and this all starts with um, this all started with her her father um, and her brother um, coming off the boat as a convict, and they went from a convict to the largest landholders, and they were in farming. So there you Shit. go. 
There now, what's interesting about about these churches and community centres and and buildings of significance is often their heritage. Um, so they they're limited in their development potential, uh, but only when it's where the structure is actually. So around the structure, no problems. Um, even above the structure can be no problems. Um, so some of these heritage significance, people go, no, 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 nothing can't be done. But there's been some pretty famous buildings um, that have been owned by churches and communities that have just, that have built around and still been further developed. As an example, in Sydney CBD, um, Harry Seidler did a building called The Cove. Um, and Harry could not, uh, they could not develop, he was the architect, and he could, they could not develop um, the current site because of the church next door. So there was the church next door had a laneway to the left and a laneway to the right where you could fit a car through. What um, the developer did in that circumstance was, because it was a heritage building uh, and you would think um, you can't touch it, they physically lifted the, the four-storey sandstone building, which is a big, big building. Wow. Uh, um, and they moved it two metres to the left. They absorbed the driveway on the right-hand side and they absorbed part of the driveway on the left-hand side so you can't get a car down. Then the Seidler building counter-levered over the top of the church. Wow. Um with it so it's pretty interesting you know to see what these guys can do with with these um with these sites but yeah you do um they do sell they do sell they do get repurposed they get a new lease on life this um this particular development in dy is going to be um all residential units i think there's there's uh do you know how many apartments are going into there mark i think about 150 Remembering. Okay, so it was a 1.6 hectare um, property. Um, yeah, one of one of DY's largest, and um, that the the building itself, I believe, has been looked at as potentially a wellness centre. So there you go. And I and I think also um, if you look at the purpose of what it was needed for in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, it changed. Um, and DY became a mecca of units. So I think to for the salvos to actually get the site working for them, um, very, very hard um, because, um, you know, it's, it's not really a purpose-built site anymore. It's lost that lust of, you know, going there and for rehab and, and you know, you've sort of got acres of land around you. Um, and as a matter of fact, if you have a look at some of the land holding that, that um, the Salvation Army has, but even on the northern beaches, uh, in Collaroy, half of the hill of Collaroy would be the Salvation Army site. So when you've got a site like that, uh, which can be good for, you know, um, community, um, you, having a little site like this becomes sort of redundant when the next suburb you've actually got 30 times more that land um, and, you know, much healthier buildings. So you can sort of understand why these guys dispose of a site like that. Yeah, yeah, well said. There you go. The hands up, churches do sell. There you go. Have a good day. Bit of history. Take care and have a great day.
Sorry, yeah. Novak Djokovic. I feel bad and well done to Mr. Alcaraz. See you guys. See you guys.